Hey guys, and welcome back to the 40 Yard Line podcast. This is going to be episode 18. Now, before we go ahead and jump in, oh my gosh, I completely forgot. Uh, once again, I am Jacob Campos, sitting here on my left hand side, of course, is my lovely co host, the one and only Mr. Evan Veith. It's Evan. great to be here. No, you know, you didn't forget. You just had to time it backwards. I know? did. I did time it weird. Um, yeah, weird timing for us on so many different things, guys. Uh, now, for those of you um, who did listen to this week's episode, the one that we did publish in the National Championship, don't worry. We'll get to that in one yep. second. Uh, if you did notice, we have actually recently switched servers. So our prior 16 episodes are no longer available on Spotify, but I'm currently fixing that right now. And hopefully by Saturday or Sunday, we will have all 17 episodes up and back, radio on Spotify in case you ever want to revisit and just see some of our best moments. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit of information with Great that. Moments. Um, other than that though, really happy with how things have gone. And actually thank you guys for getting the new year started because we did break our single day stream record with Monday's episode. Yep. So we are very, very happy with that. We Thank are very you so pleased. much. Of course, yeah. But other than that, uh, my voice, a little sore. I'm going to let Evan take it away, and then I'll come in for that second part. Of course. Uh, you know, JC, not going to make him talk a little too much today, but he had to get that intro out because he knows a little bit more about the technical side. But things that weren't technical was the uh, TCU offense on that was Monday. Good. That was good. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to find a way to, to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of us saw that national championship game. One of the highest viewed games in the first half. Until, you know, the second half came and everyone turned their TV off. Because what a thrashing that Georgia pulled out against TCU. I mean, fantastic game from the Bulldogs. Really not a great game to watch. I mean, the first half was sort of entertaining when you felt like there's still a chance for TCU after the first quarter. You know, they scored a touchdown at least. They didn't score a touchdown after that for the rest of the game. Uh, Georgia scored 65 on them. And Stetson Bennett solidified himself as a college football legend, as much as people don't really want to say it. But, you know, amazing game from Bennett. Two championships for him now as a starting quarterback. Should he have been a Heisman candidate? No. Does he deserve this? Yes, he does. He's been playing great. Yep. Great game for the Georgia. I mean, there's not much analysis we can have for this game because what is there to say? The defense dominated TC in the trenches. They were really missing Kendra Miller. Max Duggan didn't perform very well. Quinn Johnston, absolutely absent from the entire game. And Georgia's offense just didn't look stoppable. It just every pass seemed to be going into the hands of one of Ladd McConkey, Brock Bowers, those two had 12 of the team's 20 receptions by themselves. And, you know, the rushing game, which has always been more of a committee, 254 yards on the ground between, I think that's about eight different carriers for them. Fantastic yeah. game from Georgia. Yeah. Just crazy amounts of stats that, that you can pop, pop out say how well they played. I think it's just more than anything, Georgia's thrashed them, and that's the most deserving national championship I can ever say uh, from one team. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um. I was wrong. <laughs> I was really wrong. Yeah. 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 Dang, dude. <laughs> I mean, they did everything right. And I don't know. I don't know if you saw it. Um, for our viewers that didn't see you should definitely check it out. I believe Barstool posted it. And now, it's rumored. It hasn't been confirmed. But did you happen to hear that what I believe it was leaked? Kirby Smart's pregame Kirby speech? Kirby Smart's pregame speech was the most amazing thing I've ever heard of. Like, how do you not want to run through a wall? I had the chance to listen to this morning. I was like, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. If that was actually the speech that he gave them, yeah, they stood no chance the second they started playing no. in the game. Um, there's really not much you can say. Like, like you said, head-to-toe domination. They simply just took away everything Mike Stogan had, and that was Quinton Johnson in a steady run game. Yeah. And once they did that, he struggled, and it was it was obvious from the get-go. And forcing Duggan into a pretty, you know, I realized that he had two interceptions in the previous game against Michigan, but really before he got to the college football playoffs, that was not the case. No. He did a good job of protecting the ball. Not anymore. And TCU made no effort to stop Brock Bowers as he just dominated them. Yeah. Proving that, you know, he's the best tight end in college football, and he was the best player on that field. And it's like you said, I know that we've been very quick to judge Bennett. You know, we've always called him, you know, he's like, I, I, I will personally admit I've called him a system quarterback. <laughs> I will say that a system quarterback could have made some of those throws that he made. Or, you know, I, he probably called a few audibles out there. Yeah, I mean, something no, like that. Yeah, Bennett definitely can manage the game by himself. And he, he did it, and he did the whole thing, and he got a round of applause, and he will go down as one of the all-time winningest quarterbacks in college yeah, football history, yeah, good which for is him. pretty pretty crazy to imagine. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, for TCU, man, I, th- I saw this tweet, and it's so funny. It said uh, TCU really won 13 games just to have no banners for a season. Yep, I did see that tweet too. They lost to K State. Didn't win the Big Twelve. Didn't win the national championship. Man, and won the won the uh, Fiesta Bowl, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> so you got a Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> that one up. But, what a way to go out for TCU because I don't see them kind of like, yes, they're always going to be good, but they're never going to get back to a national championship. 
Yeah, not I mean, in the next few years. Not like that. It was it was really a perfect storm this year. I mean, we we love to talk about you know the stories of these quarterbacks because this matchup, apart from the score, obviously, was a pretty cool story between two quarterbacks who. You know, it's not Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. It's not two five-stars against each other. It's a guy who didn't have the starting spot in Max Duggan at the start of the year, won it back after an injury to the quarterback in front of him, took his team to the national championship, undefeated regular season. And Stetson Bennett, a preferred walk-on at his dream school, now is a two-time champion. Two quarterbacks, like, you know, they weren't going to be the ones that won the game for their team. Yeah. But in general, this will be the best quarterback TCU is going to have for a little bit, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. Sonny Dykes has done great, but unless these Alabama transfers next year come in huge, TCU might not even be the favorite to win the Big 12, especially after this last showing. You know, they've actually released some places where they started to release it, and some people are actually still now predicting Texas yeah, as the number I mean, one team. The top three teams, because K-State has a lot of their offensive line returning, yeah, they and do. a lot of players. K-State is predicted to finish number two, TCU is number three, and Texas is number one right now. I mean, I, um, could, I could see it. It does feel like the Big 12 is going to be deep, but not very top-heavy this year. I don't, I don't see a Big 12 team. This is way too far in the future, but... Way too I would far, have yeah. I would have said it this year as well, so maybe I'll just be wrong. But it didn't seem like a Big Twelve team was going to make it to the playoff this year. I don't know if they'll make it next year. We'll see. I mean, playoffs can be twelve teams next year. So I thought it was two years. Oh, from it was now. two years, two years okay. from now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, you're right, and it's just you know, I believe two years. We can check that later. Yeah. Um, you know, in two years there's going to be a twelve team playoff, and that's honestly probably going to be four or five SEC teams in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you're right. Twenty four, twenty five will be. Yeah. The playoff. That's how it's going to be, and I think. I think the one thing that I'm kind of sitting on thinking as college football is over is does this speak more about the SEC or does it kind of belittle the competition of the Big 12? Oh, I think it speaks about the SEC. I think I it mean, speaks about the SEC. One thing well. I will, one thing I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad you kind of segued it this way, is that you know Nick Saban was on the cast. Nick Saban's been very vocal that Alabama was a top four team this year. And a lot of Alabama fans and people online who aren't even Alabama fans were arguing that they should be there and should have been the team playing Georgia. What I will say is I think Alabama would be the team that would give Georgia the best bet at winning this game. And Georgia looked better than every team in the NCAA this year. But Alabama could have been that team to beat them. But also, Alabama didn't deserve to be in the top four. So they weren't in the top four. And I I don't like it when people say, oh, Alabama's team is better on paper, so they should be in the top four. Because, sure, Bryce Young is a better quarterback than anyone that was in the final four. You know, they have a great defense, usually. This year, not as much against, especially Tennessee. But, you know, they lost two games. Yeah. They didn't make it to their te- to the SEC championship. They didn't deserve to get in here. And, yep. you know, TCU did everything they could in their power to get to this game. They, there should be no complaints about who these final two teams were. Just so happened that Georgia kind of pummeled them. Yeah, and, I mean, realistically, I don't it's, it's hard to imagine that if they played again, it was going to be 65-7. Oh, yeah. And, I don't know. I feel like you could have put in Michigan, too, and I feel like Georgia still would have won. I feel like Ohio State was really the only chance to beat mm-hmm. Georgia, which kind of just speaks volumes about them. They've already released their schedule for next season. It's yeah. solidified. Oh, it's easy. I don't see that team losing another game until <laughs> no. the college football playoff again. So, Georgia, the dynasty is at hand. Yeah. It's all there for Kirby Smart. We predicted, I predicted a drop-off this year, and that's not the case. And it looks like... They're just going to keep on rolling the ball for at least one more season. Yep. And how much longer till Kirby Smart surpasses Nick Saban? Oh, that's which is, a question. Which is a stretch because I, you know, Saban did have the best dynasty in college football. Yeah, I mean, so. it, it won't be – Nick Saban's already a top two coach in college football history, so it won't be about Kirby Smart surpassing him all time. That will take a long time to get there. Yep. But I think when it comes to current coaching, if Kirby Smart wins another national championship – there's no argument who the best coach in the college football is. Mm-hmm. And I think I, right now, if you said you need to create a new program from the start, you get a bunch of three stars, a bunch of four stars, I'm taking Saban. You know what I mean? But I agree. I, I am think, too. I think if, if Smart wins the SEC next year, there shouldn't be an argument about who the best coach in college football is coming into the 12-team playoff. Now, next three years, uh, so that's including two years of expansion, what do you think the odds are Georgia gets one more title under their belt <sighs> over the course of the next three years? Well, the fun th- funny thing about this Georgia team is that they, you know, they're going to lose Bennett. They're going to lose Jalen Carter, who's a big difference maker, Keely yeah. Ringo. But Brock Bowers is still here next year. Adonai Mitchell will be one of the best receivers in college football next we year. We said this about their defense, too, when they had yeah. seven players taking the first exactly. round. We said there's going to be a drop-off. They're losing less talent this year than they did last year. Yeah, there is no apparent drop-off because you could, you could make the argument that Georgia's getting an upgrade at quarterback with Bennett leaving. There, I mean, an argument could be made. I think, I think as a natural thrower, yeah, but... Sets a minute is such a hard player to replace that it's not exactly 
But, you know, of, of the truly amazing players that they're losing of this, it's really only Carter, Ringo, and Broderick Jones, who I forgot to mention, their left tackle might be one of the first tackles off the board. But Nolan Smith was already injured this past year. Darnell Washington's not even the best player, like, tight end on their team. And yeah. they will find a replacement at quarterback for Bennett. That's not going to be the hardest part. And their running game will just get better. Their wide receivers and tight ends are all staying. This team will be amazing next year. And like we said, not a hard schedule next year at all. This is a team that can breeze through the SEC. There's a chance that... By 2023, they will only have had one loss since 2020. At least Texas beat them in the Sugar Bowl. Yep, Texas beat them in the Sugar <laughs> Bowl. At least Texas beat them in the Sugar Bowl, man. Yeah. I mean, I maybe we're wrong. Maybe it's a stretch, but maybe I'll eat these words in a few years. But, God, it feels like Georgia's going to be a perennial for, yeah. a few, for a few years now. It feels like – I feel like the teams that are most on the rise is Georgia, USC, mm-hmm. obviously Alabama – yeah, Alabama will be back. Obviously, Alabama. And, you know, to call us a down year for Alabama, look what they did to K-State. We didn't even talk mm-hmm. about it. They yeah. completely obliterated K-State almost with ease. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see them losing a step. I think Tennessee is going to drop off after this year as well. I see Tennessee taking a step backwards. Yeah, I mean, it was – Tennessee – it depends on how um, – what Milton does. But in general, yeah, I could see them taking yeah. a bit of a step down. But, but, I mean, I think – Notre Dame and Tech is the two programs on the rise as well. Yeah, I think so. Two teams yeah. I also want to shout out: Penn State and Florida State. Yeah, I mean those Florida State should have a good season out of, next I mean, season. Florida State's Florida State's are almost getting a little overrated. They're being called a top four team by some early people who kind of just want to get clicks. Desmond Howard. Think, yeah, I don't think they're going to start as a top four <laughs> team, but Florida State will be the best team in the ACC next year, barring Clemson having a crazy turnaround. This will be one of the more competitive ACCs I think we'll see. And Penn State, I think, has a genuine chance. I'm saying this as a Michigan fan to be in the Michigan-Ohio State conversation next year. That team is talented, and Franklin is doing good. So I, I like – I mean, this college football season next year might be even better than this year, and this year was a lot of fun. We'll actually get into that a little bit later in our show. So I think that is it for our college football segment. I mean, yeah, the, like he said, there really just isn't that much to talk about this game because, mm-hmm. let's face it, as dominant was, it was boring. Yeah. And I don't think 58 points is the largest margin of victory mm-hmm. ever yeah. in a bowl game. Which just speaks volumes about Georgia. Uh, TCU, I don't think there's a world where they ever don't score or when they only score seven points again. No. I think this is a one in 10,000 chance that it happened that way, that a way that it did. But I don't think you can knock the season they had. No. I think yeah. as much as funny as it is that Texas is still the only team in this, or is the only school in the state of Texas with the national championship, <laughs> you really do got to commend TCU for what they did this season. It's, it's hard to be the best team at the end of the year of all the teams that are in the power, uh, you know, the power five. It's and very hard to do that. We didn't even mention it, but two, you know, obviously it would not change that much. They were down, I, in my opinion, their best running back. Oh, yeah, for sure. Kendrick, Kendrick Miller is going to be a good draft pick this year as well. Yeah, they didn't have Miller. He wasn't good to go, and that's definitely going to affect you. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a few the, – the main takeaways you can take from this game is, A, this shouldn't put a like, sour taste in the TCU season for you. People need to remember that TCU in 2022, going into 2023, was the second-best team in college football. They deserve to have that title, and they played well. They just got pummeled in the national championship game. But they played amazing, good for them. And all the thing on the Georgia side – Kirby Smart is one of the best head coaches, if not top two. Top two. Top two. Top two. Brock Bowers in 2023 will be a top 15 pick. That guy is insane. Absurd I would say, tight end. I mean, what was the last tight end? The last tight end was uh, well, the, Kyle Pitts. from Detroit. Right? No. No, Kyle Pitts was top 10. Kyle Pitts. Who was the guy that Detroit? Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Detroit. Well, that's Hawkinson. why I, don't, I didn't say top 10 because every time tight ends get picked in the top 10, people are like, why did the tight end get picked in the top 10? But Brock Bowers will be one of the best tight end recruits we see. And, you know, Stetson Bennett, you got to – I know people are starting to hate him, which I don't really get. I guess because he's 25. But you, you got to love the story of walk on to two national championships. Somehow he's turned into the villain. I like Stetson Bennett. I'll say it. He's a bit corny looking, but I like Stetson Bennett. He is a bit corny looking, but yeah. No. He's kind of him. He's, he's him. He's yeah. kind of – you know, you guys, everyone can make fun of him as much as they can, but he's got two more national championships than we all do. Yep. Exactly. And you know that he will forever be a Georgia legend. And never have to pay for anything yep, in, Athens, for anything Georgia, in Athens, Georgia. Never pay for anything in Athens, Georgia. Atlanta, maybe. Even. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. All the way out there. And, yeah, that will close on the legacy and the story <laughs> yeah. of Stetson Bennett. But, um, like I said, yeah, I think that's going to close us out um, for this moment on college football. We're actually going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to take a brief little detour now and then finish with two segments without stopping. So, for you guys, like Evan says, it'll be just one minute. But we will be back, back in just a moment. We're back. Quick break for us, quick break for you guys as well. We are going into 
the NFL for this little C block of a, ours. A, A. You know, we've been doing a lot of college stuff, and we've been ignoring the NFL a little bit, especially, you know, we took that little break over over break. We so. really just blew off like six weeks. Yeah, yeah exactly. the season, yeah. It was quite it's, a bit. It's a boring week, you know. Um, Facts. But we now have the full playoff picture, which sadly does not include the Steelers or the Saints. Um, actually, you said you weren't even that sad that the Saints didn't make it. I was pretty upset when the Steelers. Yeah, you guys deserve to be in there. Yeah, we, As, yeah. the Dolphins did not deserve to get in with Skylar Thompson as their quarterback. I'm sorry, everyone would have preferred to see Kenny Pickett in these games. Kenny Pickett's been awesome the past five weeks. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's been great. Overly at the last eight games, what was y'all's record? It was like six and oh, two. Oh, we, like we, right? uh, we finished the year seven and two. That's awesome. Yeah, That's and awesome. We're not in the playoffs, so I'm upset. Either way, we're going to talk about the actual playoff teams here. We're just going to do some matchup predictions, some score predictions, do a little bit of analysis about these teams. First one. We're going to talk about, we're going to start with the NFC, interdivision rivalry, Seattle versus San Fran. JC, what are your thoughts? Look, I love, I love Geno Smith. I love the career that he's had. We wrote him off. He didn't write <laughs> he back. He did not write back. Still one of the coldest things that anyone has ever said. The problem with Geno Smith is, unfortunately, ever since Kenneth Walker went down with over 1,000 rushing yards as a rookie, Smith has fallen off, and he has mm. struggled pretty heavily over this last, you know, last quarter of the season. With that being said, they barely snuck into the playoffs. It took them beating a pretty pitiful Los Angeles Rams yeah. team, a team that had Baker Mayfield, who wasn't even on their roster like a month ago. So for me, I think with Seattle, you have to give them their flowers that they even made it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That in itself is an accomplishment. Geno Smith has played a pretty decent year overall, enough to, I believe, warrant at least like you know a one-year deal or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even a franchise tag. Who knows? I think it's good enough. 30 touchdowns is always something to be proud of with only 11 interceptions. But... The Niners. Yes, it's a rookie quarterback. Do we know how he'll do? No. There is there is a chance that Purdy goes out there and he collapses and just falls under pressure. That is highly plausible. I mean, remember, this is Mr. Irrelevant we're talking about. Mm-hmm. As much as all the part Purdy hype there is, however, this Niners defense is just simply too good. Yeah. yeah. It's just too good. So with that being said, I've got Seattle losing pretty heavily to the Niners. And I'm going to go ahead and say San Francisco actually takes this game by a score of 28 to 10. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I'm basically in the same line of thing as you. Geno Smith has had a good year in general, probably been a top 10 quarterback in the year, but the last three to four games really has struggled. The running game is a lot worse than usual, and Seattle's team is just not as deep as the 49ers, and Brock Purdy, as much as it's crazy to say, in his, what is it, six starts that he's had for the 49ers, they're 6-0. and Only one game did they not score over 30 points in these games. That's absurd. 21 against the Seahawks, which, you know, to be fair, Seahawks defense showed up in those games. But on the year, the Seahawks only scored 20 points in two games against the 49ers defense. I don't see it being a game that Seahawks win. This is my – this would be my lock of the week. I think, hey, I think Brock Purdy – It's been a while since we heard one yeah, of those. Yeah, we've heard a lot of the week. <laughs> Brock Purdy, I'm confident in him at least getting past this game. I think it's a clean 30-20 to 20 victory nice. for the 49ers. Yeah. And we'll go right into the next one because I think yeah, well, actually, a lot of people – question for you. Which is, you know, yeah. I think I, I'm just wondering. I just want to know your opinion. Would you say that Purdy's success is that more of Kyle Shanahan's system and his offense, or just Purdy as a player? I think it says. I think it says a lot. I hate to say. I hate when people answer both to these kind of questions. But what we've heard about Brock Purdy as a player, everyone gives him his, his flowers for since day one, being ready to go and always being a great player. And you know, all the 49ers players keep him so much praise. So I think. Brock Purdy has genuinely deserved what he's gotten yeah. and has stepped up into the role greatly. But at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan has made some bad quarterbacks. And I'm not even going to call Garoppolo bad, but the quarterbacks that Shanahan has played for and succeeded with have not been that impressive. And this is now his best skill position set that Shanahan's ever had. And one of the best in the NFL. I mean, how many three-player cores of you know Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, who's had a bad year, and George Kittle are there in the league? Add in Brandon Ayuk, that's probably the deepest four-man you know, of any team in the league. Yeah. So Agreed. that's just a great team around him. And I think it's a lot of what Shanahan's built and what the GM, John Lynch, has built. But Purdy's been great. I really do think so. Purdy's been great. And, you know, that game I feel like most people are going to agree with us. But I would like to know what you think about Giants-Vikings. I think we might be split on this one. We are split because I do think that the Vikings are one of the worst four-loss four teams you have ever, ever seen in the <laughs> NFL. Like... Oh my goodness! There, I believe, like last time it was like two weeks before the season ended, their point differential was negative ten. It was, yeah. Which is on par with the Panthers, the Saints, mm-hmm. the Jets, the Jaguars, who did sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. But yeah. teams like that, you know, like 
the Texans. It was on that level. Teams that had no business even calling themselves even being near the playoffs. The Vikings are fraud. Kirk Cousins is a fraud. The only thing that could actually prove that, though, is if the game was on Monday Night Football because then everybody would get the Kirk Cousins. <laughs> we all know, love, and enjoy. However, the last time these two teams met, which really was not that long ago, back on December 24th, you know, just, wow, that was only two weeks ago. Yeah, that was not that long. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've aged horribly. Oh, that was only two weeks ago, y'all. It took the Vikings scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter to beat the New York Giants, and it took a long field goal to do it. Mm-hmm. And that was at a Vikings home game. But the Giants, they're such a feel-good story, man. You got You just gotta. You just gotta love that Barkley and Jones are finally having success, and you gotta love what's happening for this program and this team. Uh, Thibodeau. Yeah, Kevon Thibodeau has been crazy. Thibodeau just having a stellar season, proving do a lot of people angels, wrong that no. didn't take him. Don't do snow angels. Don't do snow angels. Not a good yeah. idea. Yeah, not don't, a great idea. Don't tell Jeff Saturday. That. Nope. But, but you know, I understand that we're split, but for me, I'm gonna go with the G-men here. That's fair. And another really tight game. Low scoring though. Yeah, this I'm taking seventeen to thirteen. This for me is gonna be the game that it's gonna be a lot of a lot of errors and I think it's gonna be one of the closer games, the hardest one for me to predict. Uh, I was very split. I did, as we've said, take the Vikings. Mm -hmm. But you know, these are two of only four playoff teams with negative point differentials on the year. But the Vikings are only one of those teams that has more than nine wins. So, you know, neither team is looking great to end the year either. The Vikings did take that matchup against the Giants, and I think, you know, as much as Jones and Dabble have had a good year together, and you know Barkley's come back, building great. It's going to become evident in this game that they're kind of have a one-dimensional game with Daniel Jones, and he's looked good, especially statistically. But he's not been impressive. He's been good, but not crazy good. And I think Kirk Cousins has played very well to end the year. I and agree. And I, I, you know, Kirk Cousins will always get joked about, especially with the whole you know Monday night prime time games. But I still think this is a game that, even though it's a playoff game, even though it's an important game, I think it's a game that the Vikings defense are just going to suffocate on Jones, and they're going to make his life tough, and they're not going to let these pretty, let's be honest, Isaiah Hodges is not a wide receiver one in the NFL, but he's playing like it the past few weeks. They're, they're not going to let that of players of those caliber, Darius Slayton, go all over this uh, Vikings team. Like you said, low-scoring game probably. I'm still liking the Vikings at 20-17, to 17, okay. late field goal. Vikings will make the field goal this time. Uh, but I think it'll be a very close game throughout. I just think, you know, who the best player on the Vikings is Justin Jefferson. Best player on the Giants is Saquon Barkley. I'm taking Jefferson over Barkley. I like that. And, you know, honestly, this Vikings team, you know, I hate to say this because this is such a painful memory for me, but it feels like eerily similar, and it's less talent than that Vikings team that upset the Drew Brees-led Saints on the Minneapolis Miracle. It feels like one of those teams that is just going to catch some pretty good breaks. Yeah. And, but, I mean, eventually when the competition was obviously better, they did get dominated, which I still expect to be the case of the Vikings team. I could easily see them winning, but if they do win, I don't see them making it past the second round. Uh, that's, that's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I didn't notice is that Harrison Smith is actually is questionable for this game. Uh, so that'll be a big loss to Vikings defense. But it'll be a cold game no matter what in Minnesota at this time of year. Uh, a game that you know probably won't be as cold. Dallas versus Tampa Bay. Probably the game that most people will have their eyes on. Most probably watched game that's going to be happening over this uh, wild card weekend. Because you know Tom Brady versus Cowboys will always get you to ratings. Who do you have winning this game? I mean, I'm going to be honest. Brady's not the better quarterback. For the first time in a long time, he's not the better quarterback in the matchup. Yep. It's crazy that just a year ago, yes, they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion Rams, but Brady shot like a 55-yard deep ball to Mike <laughs> Evans in the fourth quarter. And everyone was thinking, is that like his last NFL pass? Nope. Maybe he shouldn't have come back. <laughs> Pretty down year for uh, Tampa Tom at 25 touchdowns to nine interceptions. But Dak, yes, he was out for injury, but he really has not fared that much better with 23 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Yeah. That just can't happen. Tampa Bay's defense isn't what it was three years ago, but it's still good, mm-hmm. and it's still solid. But their offense is non-existent these days. Yeah. So with that being said, I'm, I understand it's a home game. I understand that it's prime time. And, you know, this is like ta- Tom's first season in Tampa Bay, or their Super Bowl season, they beat the Dallas Cowboys at home. Mm-hmm. They've played each other quite a few times, it seems, over the past few years. But I do think this is actually one where Dallas will finally get away with it. Okay, yeah. I, I, I know that I was saying that I was pretty convinced on this Tampa wagon. But, man, I watched I watch them struggle against the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> and 
Yeah, if you saw that offense this season, you'd be say there's no business this team has to be in the playoffs. <laughs> yep. So with that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and just kind of I'm gonna ride with the Cowboys in this one, but I'm gonna rely on Zeke and Pollard getting it done. Yeah, I think that's fair. And the Cowboys are quite favored in this matchup. You know, they have four more wins in the year than Tampa Bay, who end oh, of the year. I didn't tell the score. Oh yeah, you didn't. I didn't. What um, do you say? Thirty-one and twenty. Okay. Thirty-one and twenty. You know, Tampa Bay making the playoffs as a team with a losing record is quite crazy to think about. I don't think these teams are actually that far away. In my opinion, this will be a sloppy contest. I don't think these will be two very good-looking teams uh, in this game. And I don't think either of the teams will come out saying, no matter who wins, oh, yeah, that was a great win for us. But all these Cowboys fans who I surround myself around because, you know, I go to school in Texas, my roommates are all Cowboys fans, would love to tell you, you know, Dak, 15 interceptions leads the league. Half of them are his receivers' faults. You know, all this stuff, all these excuses. Either way, Dak has not been playing up to par this year. I think we can agree on that. And even, you know, obviously he has those times out, so his overall numbers don't look as good. But even his analytical numbers don't look great. So what I think this game will come down to is which teams will make the biggest plays of the game, those really home run runs. And I think the home run guy, the home run king in the NFL this year, Tony Pollard, is much more likely to do that than Leonard Fournette or Rashad White. I think CeeDee Lamb is more likely to have a huge game than Mike Evans, even though Mike Evans ended the year with some great games. I don't think so. And I think, really, you don't think I think that? Evans outperforms Lamb this weekend. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's I fair. really do. I'm just, I think CeeDee Lamb is just clips him as a receiver these days. And on defensive side, you know, Trevon Diggs gets a lot of flack, but if there's one duo that's going to make huge plays, it's Diggs and Micah Parsons compared to whoever you want to say, Winfield and Vita Bay or Devin White on and, the on And the Bay is also questionable, too, oh, yes, with an injury. True, yeah. yeah. So, either way, I think this is a Cowboys win. I think they're going to have some big plays. I think it's going to be a high-scoring one. You know, a 35-24, I'll say. But I don't think it's going to be a game that either team's going to be like, yeah, we really won that game. I think yeah. it's going to be a lot of mistakes. Um, a game that I think will be a lot less close, Dolphins-Bills. <laughs> I think we're just going to right away say the Bills are going to win this game. Bills out right. Yeah. yeah. Bills by 21. Yeah. Dolphins playing likely with Skylar Thompson, maybe Teddy Bridgewater. Definitely not Tua Tagovailoa. Not a good running game. Passing game is going to struggle. Defense is just not going to be enough for Josh Allen. I think it's just simple as that. I, th- I agree. And honestly, the only thing that I, I'm really wondering is, if you're Tua, where are you going from here? <laughs> Retiring. You have two, potentially three concussions in one season? Now, yeah. I feel like it's three. Yeah. And we just don't know that answer. You don't want to speculate, but man, I mean, just you, the first time they played this season, it was such an amazing matchup, that Dolphins-Bills game. And we actually ended up covering that one on the show. It was so good the first time they yeah, met that's early, right. on in the, early on in the year. But remember, he collapsed in that game. He fell on the field. But, God, I just, yeah. It's Josh Allen, and I think Bill's Mafia, especially with the unfortunate um, accident of DeMar Hamlin, uh, obviously, you know, you're so happy that he was released from the hospital today. Yep. That's incredible. That's absolutely amazing. Awesome, and dude. It's definitely going to hopefully transition to a career as, you know, maybe a coach or a front office guy. Something for DeMar Hamlin. But I... You know, I think this Bills team, they love him, and they're going to rally around him. And I think that's going to prove itself in the playoffs. And they already have the best fan base. Um, they did get a little bit screwed, I feel like, with the NFL and how they're handling the whole home playoff yeah, advantage. Yeah, really weird. The yeah. NFL did the best they could, given what happened. Unforeseen circumstances. It's never happened before. Yeah. But the Bills, I feel like, did get the short end of the stick because I do feel like they still deserve to be the number one seed. Yeah, that's that's very true. And this is a team that should be in the bye, and they are one of the top two teams, top three teams in the NFL. They're playing against the Dolphins. This is going to be an easy win. Another one that I want to hear your opinion on: Bengals Ravens. Will this game even be close? Because I think I think we're both saying for similar reasons. You know, Bengals super hot team right now. Ravens probably not playing with Lamar. Do the Ravens even stand a chance this game? No. Hmm. Okay. No, they that's do not. Fair. They don't. And even if Lamar Jackson's there, I still don't think it's close. Mm, okay. I'm actually, I you know, my, a lot of people might not like that, but I don't know. Lamar's been gone for too long that it's gonna take him two or three. You know, it's gonna take him. It's gonna take him going out there two or three times to get back into a rhythm. And if you don't score in two possessions, I guarantee you, Burrow's gonna put seven two fourteen on you. Mm-hmm. And Joey B in the playoffs, they just know how to get it done. Now, obviously, you know that they've been hit with some injuries. They did lose some offensive linemen for the year. Or I forgot. It was their left guard, I believe. But this still was the team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. The other team that was in the Super Bowl has drastically fallen off. Yep. But they've aged a lot better. Yeah. Higgins and Chase is what I believe is still a top mm, one. 
I don't think there's a single better wide receiver. I'd call them top two, in my opinion. Okay. I'd say top two in the entire NFL. Waddle uh, Hill is also definitely up there. That's what I'm kind of yeah, just thinking fair, about. Yeah. But for me, it's just, I love the Bengals, and I hope to see them in the AFC Championship this year. Yeah. And if it was up to me, if I think things were different, I would love to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl, but I don't see that being the case this year. But the Bengals are taking this one pretty easily. Wow. The Bengals are taking this one pretty easily by a score of 42-20. to 20. Yeah, I, I agree with that. This Bengals team is a lot better than the Ravens team is right now. Ravens lost three of their last four. Their last three wins have been by combined eight points against teams like the Falcons, Broncos, and Steelers during that one awful week that I don't want to talk about. The, the Ravens did end up losing the Steelers in Week 17. Just not a very good team right now. And, you know, J.K. Dobbins is back, which helps with the rushing game, but they really don't have any weapons on offense when Mark Andrews has, you know, Tyler Huntley throwing to him. Super Bowl, or sorry, Pro Bowl reserve Tyler Huntley, which is quite funny. Uh, but yeah, That's this wild. is the Bengals team. That, that just shows you how far the Pro Bowl has fallen, too. Yeah, like, yeah. How unimportant it yeah. is now. No one even cares about that. Uh, I, yeah, I think this is just a simple 35 14, pretty easy win for the Bengals. Yeah, and we're not even making the score close at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think so. This one, I have an unpopular opinion on Jags versus Chargers. I think you know what that means. That I'm actually going to pick the Jags, but I want to hear what you have to say. I mean, I think I think you're silly and you're an oaf. <laughs> As uh, you used that term yesterday, and I, I, lo- I think it's hilarious. I do like the term oaf. The term oaf is hilarious to me, so I'm going to use it right now. I mean, yeah, if you're a fan of defense, you're not a Chargers fan because it's not been there this year. <laughs> the Jags, I'm, I am thoroughly impressed with what they've done this year. I'm thoroughly impressed with what Trevor Lawrence has done as a quarterback, but also they do have the Texans and the Colts in their division. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And that's why I don't believe in Jacksonville. <laughs> and Los Angeles, Justin Herbert is, he is, he, if not, is already there. He's a top four quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's on his way. He's getting up there. The AFC has all the great quarterbacks oh, these yeah. days. All a- under 27, too. Yeah, AFC is the place to be. And Herbert's only going to get better with time. First time in the playoffs. And they don't have old man Rivers doing it this year. <laughs> I like the Chargers getting it done against Jacksonville. And I think the Chargers, I think it's, it is going to be close. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think I think Trevor Lawrence will will show up. But it's going to take some time. It's going to be a slow, kind of grinded-out game. I don't really see an offensive explosion as good as that Chargers offense is. They do at times tend to kind of fall asleep. It's just kind of how they are. It's in their nature, I feel like. So I'm going to go the Chargers in a – you know, relatively pretty pretty good scoring game, but it's going to be by a score of about 24 to 20. Okay, that's fair. Yep. Yeah, I mean, some great points you, you put in there. And these are, you know, Jags played a pretty cupcake division and schedule. But, you know, they won their last five, including a win over the Cowboys, who were, you know, who are a playoff team at the time, were very much favored. They beat the Titans twice, which knocked them out of the playoffs. The Jags have won some important it games. Was an important, it was an impressive win. Yeah, they've won some important games, and the defense has really stepped up. Back to where, you know, Saxonville levels of defense. Hey! I, you know, that's the team I don't want to talk about because of what they did to my Steelers. But mm. either way, I think this is going to be one of the more entertaining games to watch. I mean, it's it's two young quarterbacks and kind of two different, you know, split between Burrow is of draft classes, Herbert, who seems like the best from his draft class, Lawrence, who seems like the best from his draft class, finally meeting in the playoffs each for their first time. And this will be just a really fun game in general, I like to say. But It could be the game of the weekend. Yeah, it could be. It really I, could I, be. I very much think it will be. And I think it will be a close game, like I, like, like you were saying. But in my opinion, very few quarterbacks have played well in the last half of the season than, than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you know, there's been Mahomes, there's been Allen, Kirk Cousins I'd even give there, Jared Goff I'd even give there, which is kind of crazy company to say. But I think Lawrence has been better than Herbert in these past five to eight weeks of play. I think and that's fair. And Lawrence has been looking good. ETN has been playing really well, finally again. Had kind of dropped off in the middle of the season. And Lawrence has made guys like Evan Engram and Zay Jones look really good this year. Zay and Jones, my fantasy hero. <laughs> yep. My fantasy hero this year. That saved me from last place. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Zay Jones has been a surprising player that's been great for this team. And one thing I will say is that I've just always thought Justin Herbert was a twinge overrated since they've gotten to the league because he hasn't really won anything. He hasn't shown that he can make the playoffs. He finally made the playoffs this year. And I also don't think that he's going to win this game. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to outplay him as a quarterback, and there's going to start being some question marks around Herbert, and also some big plus thumbs up for Trevor Lawrence in you know his second year, really his first true year as a quarterback. Because can we count this Urban Meyer year last year as a real year? Not really. <laughs> so Trevor Lawrence, I love this guy. He's an amazing player, amazing quarterback, and great team leader. I think this is just a Jags team that's going to be more hungry and is going to win this game. I think I'm going to say. 
31-28, another field goal score. 28 I like yeah. that. And I will say, once again, and I, I, you know, I think we should keep kind of who's picked what and kind mm-hmm. of like give our records next week. Yeah, we will, we will. Because I think that, I, honestly, this is another game, just like the Vikings game, where I think you could very well win, only because Los Angeles, and I mean no disrespect to the Jags, but I think Los Angeles is a better opponent. But Los Angeles plays down to their opponents. Yeah, they have the, they probably have the worst coach in this uh, in this playoffs. They beat Atlanta by three. Mm-hmm. They beat Arizona by one. Yeah, they made Russell Wilson look good they in did. the last that game of the fun. season. And I mean, yeah, they. I just feel like they have more undeniable holes. They play they play down to their competition. Yeah. So, I I mean, you know what? You're <laughs> you could be right. Yeah. It's, it's anybody's game. You know, I, I'm happy either way because I like both these quarterbacks, but I do think that Herbert's gotten a little bit overrated. Um, I, th- I think Burrow's better than him right now. I think everything that Burrow's done has been has shown that well, he's— I don't, I don't even think that's a question. Yeah, I I, but people, people are still putting Herbert above him, which I, I, I'm not going to get into that. Something I do want to get into, kind of continuing this discussion, we've gone through these teams. We've gone through the wild card weekend. I want to hear two things. A, of course, who's going to be in the Super Bowl, yeah. who's winning it, and B, who are some players that you think are going to— you know, really show up this this playoffs that maybe weren't quite. You know, not not going to say Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he's been great. Not going to say guy like even Tony Pollard or Christian McCaffrey, who's been that's a better example. Who's a guy that's going to step up, kind of not out of nowhere, but someone that's going to have a Gabe Davis type game last year. Where Gabe Davis had three touchdowns. Oh. Who's going to be that? Who's going to be this year's Gabe Davis? And no. don't say don't say Gabe Davis. <laughs> I want to say Gabe Davis, but <laughs> I hate that guy because I drafted him in fantasy this year. <laughs> he's so so I despise Davis this year. Um, obviously, you know, for the Super Bowl, I'm, it's, it's crazy, but like, y'all hate it, but I mean, I got the Niners coming in out of the yeah. NFC. I, I realize how good this Eagles team is, but the Niners, they've been in quite a few conference championships and a Super Bowl over the past few years yep. with a pretty mediocre quarterback in Jimmy G. Now, Jimmy G, obviously, injuries impact. That's, that's neither here nor there. Injuries have definitely impacted his career, I feel like, but I got the Niners, and I got the Bills. Mm-hmm. I got the Niners. I got the Bills because I got Bills, Bengals, in the AFC. And I got the new playoff rules where the Bills are getting the ball back even after Joey B scores a touchdown in overtime. The, ball back. the Bills are getting the ball back this year, and the Bills are going to the Super Bowl, and they are winning their first ever Super Bowl this season. And all all this mess and all this talk about Josh Allen having a down year will disappear. So mm-hmm. for that reason, I'm saying that like in yes. I wouldn't even call what he had a down year, but everyone is so quick to criticize him this year because of the interceptions, because yes, they've been bad. I recognize that. But 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, 14, an outstanding rating of 96.6. I'm saying that Josh Allen is about to go on one of the craziest playoff runs we've ever seen. Okay, like historic levels? Historic levels. Historic levels. I'm saying like, like Nick Foles for two games. Nick Foles. I'm saying like that, but for the whole the whole playoffs, the whole playoffs. Okay, that's I think I think Allen erases what everyone says that he's too sloppy with the ball and too careless. I think he cements himself as a top two quarterback in this league, which I believe he, I already, think he already has. I believe he already is, but I think this is his chance to take Mahomes. But because he'll tear break himself away from the other guys. As much as we like Mahomes, he's only got one ring still. So this yeah. is Allen's point to catch up to him to, to make it and to make it a generational battle, uh, like a. Like a Brady. This is Peyton Tom. Yeah, yeah. Brady versus Tom. This Tom is Peyton Brady. Tom. And honestly, like, I could also be wrong. The Bengals might not make it out of round two. Yeah. So. There's a chance. But, I mean, I – okay, so I will say Josh Allen. I don't know if that's really, like, a Gabe Davis type player, though. But you're also predicting him to be a historic level, so we'll, we'll, we'll give that to you. Okay, so I'll give you that, but, like, I also have to give you something else, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is kind of a weird one. I think Miles Sanders is going to have a really good postseason. Really? He's had, <laughs> he's had what people have called a fluke year, so him proving in the postseason would be I think Sanders is going to have a pretty good year. <laughs> he just he, – Philadelphia running backs get it done. Yeah. Philly yeah, running something about that. As much as you want to diss on them, in the playoffs, Philly running backs, they show up. And That's fair. So for that, I'm going to ride with Philly on terms of the offense, but not even getting to the Super Bowl. Okay. I think, you know, I would be fine with you saying a winner of any of these five teams, just Chiefs, Bengals, Bills – 49ers, Eagles. In my opinion, the NFC after those two teams drops off. You know, Cowboys, Vikings. You can make the argument for them, but both those teams don't look too impressive right now. I don't think either of them are going to make it. And the AFC, it feels like it is. These three teams are a step ahead of the rest. I'm going to give mine as, especially given that he's going to be playing. I think Jalen Hurts' Eagles team is just way too deep not to make this run. I think they're just going to, you know, obviously Brock Purdy's been good. 
he could have a Doug Williams type of arc this year. But I just really think that once it comes down to it, that Eagles offense versus that 49ers offense, I'm going to favor the Eagles. I think just that connection between A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, you've, you're already calling Miles Sanders to have a big game. That O-line is just so good. If there's one O-line that can get against this 49ers defense, their front seven, it's the Eagles. Yeah. So I think that's my team in the NFC. And I'm going to say, as much as I hate to say it, the Bengals are my pick in the AFC. Yeah. There's not been a better team in football. They're making past the Bills and the Chiefs. There's not been a better wow. team in football since the start of December than the Interesting. Bengals. Interesting. And – I don't. This team has been, you know, gotten better or at least stabilized since the, the Super Bowl, which no one, like, not no one, but a lot of people are calling for a Super Bowl fall off. Yeah, we, th- we thought it was a fluke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think it. I, I like I said. I think Joe Burrow's gonna go into that. You know, solidify himself as the third best quarterback in football. I think they're gonna win it. And as much as I hate, I hate to say it, I think this is the best team in the NFL right now. And there's a lot of good stuff going on with, you know, the Bengals and the 49ers. Or sorry. The Eagles as well when Hurts is playing. So, like I said, 49ers would be a good pick as well. Chiefs, Bills, I think are great teams as well. But I'm going to have my breakout players as. Yeah, you threw that question on me. I was like, mm. oh, yeah, he, he's I, going I, I was, just, I was yeah. just thinking about no, it. No, it was a good question. So, I'm going yeah. to have two. I'm also going to have wide receiver and run, or I'm going to do wide receiver and running back, not quarterback. Wide receiver, I think, is Demonta Smith, who is not. Oh, It's okay. not a name that is unfamiliar for people. But it's a player who, in the NFL, has done less than what people in college, you know, know him as. This is a Heisman Trophy winner. Well, he is also overshadowed by AJ Brown. Yeah, he's overshadowed by AJ yeah. Brown. I think this playoffs is a chance for him to over, not overtake AJ Brown, but there's a chance that he ends up with more passes, pass catches, and yards, especially the way he's been finishing at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. He's been amazing to end the year. Demonte Smith has. I think this is going to be his huge breakout into, you know, these two are going to be in that discussion with Higgins, Waddle as the two, you know, the three of the best. Dubos at right. wide receiver. And for running back, my friend from back home, Ben, is going to love me for saying this. Travis Etienne Jr. is going to have a fantastic game against the Chargers, and I think he will give it to the Chiefs. And though I don't think they're going to beat this Chiefs team, I think they will, at the very least, have a problem with Etienne and stopping him on the ground. I think he's a great running back, and I think he has struggled in the middle of the year because the Jags weren't really play calling for him. Doug Peterson, not known to you know give the running backs the biggest spotlights all the time, but he knows when to give the ball to the hot hand, and I think Etienne is going to terrorize this playoff, this side, these first two games. I, you know, like I said, I think Jags are going to win this, and that's kind of basing it off of Etienne being great. But he's a guy that I just think will absolutely be one of the best running backs in this playoff because this playoff matchup, apart from McCaffrey, there's not as many star running backs. You know, Dallas plays with two, Buccaneers play with two, Giants have Saquon, Vikings have Dalvin Cook, great players. If Kenneth Walker's not 100%, you know, not that many superstar running backs in this group of, of teams, so you know, also kind of just, also there, that but. kind of just speaks to like how the NFL is changing. Yeah, exactly. That you speaks know. to you know, Bijan Robinson not going to be a top ten pick. Even we just top talked 10 about player. that. He's yeah, falling because, out because yeah. it's probably just not going to happen. Because why would a team draft a running back that high when you know my team that's going to be in the Super Bowl is running with Miles Sanders, who's a good but not amazing running back. You know, or not win the Super Bowl, going to be in the Super Bowl. Joe Mixon's a great running back, but again, he's not a top five running back in the league. Barely sneaking in the top ten, I'd say. So yikes. Either way. These are some great playoff teams. I think I like that there's going to be, it feels like a lot of teams playing. And you know what? There could be a team that sneaks in that does what the Bengals did last year and be that sixth team. I don't see it I don't personally, see that. but I think I, that's going to segue us in our next segment. And we'll I, have something else I will say, though, I am surprised you didn't pick Jalen Hurts as a breakout player because they, you know, he still has yet to win a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. This was true. his breakout season. So I'm surprised you didn't pick him as the guy that's going to continue on. I don't, well, I just don't see him. I don't see him doing anything different from what he was doing in the regular season. Okay. That's, that's more what I'm, I'm going with. And I think, I think we're going to see Devonta Smith really step up, and I think we're going to see ETN really step up. You think, that, think, you think that injury hampers him? That yeah, he had? yeah, I think it hurt his mobility. I still think he's going to do similar to what he was doing in the, in the regular season. And they were winning so handily in some of these games that they don't need him to be the very best quarterback in the NFL to win games. And I don't think he is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think he's having a great year. But they also just don't, like what's happening with the 49ers, they don't need prime Tom Brady to win this, these games. I don't think they need Jalen Hurts to be 100%. If he's 90%, this team can still make the Super Bowl, in my opinion. All right. And I think well, that's going to be a fun little segue into our yeah. final, less silly than usual, but fun segment to end, the, to end our uh, episode with a little bit of a draft. We're going back to the drafts, and we're going with the top 10 best college football games of the year. And we're okay. each going to pick five. And One, I'd two, love three, to see. Four. I'd love to see who you're gonna pick. We, I, you know, I have some in my head right now that I've written down, um, but probably some that we're gonna have to free ball. 
But I'd love to hear what you say, even though before the show, we've decided that I will have the first pick based well, on me winning. The, Siri decided. Siri decided. Siri decided the coin toss. Pick. I won the coin toss. I win. Okay? Listen. Now, before we do draft, I want to clarify right now, and I want to solidify. What are we saying best? We need, we need to say, like, we need to decide on that, right? I think, <laughs> I think entertainment value is the ultimate thing, because at the end of the day, sports is entertainment. Beautiful. That's what I like to hear. Now, that, that's in sports and business. That's, that's, right that's what, I, you know, you learn it in, the, in our classes in the new <laughs> school of, of uh, communication. I'm going to start mine off, number one, with the game that just happened. Georgia, Ohio State. Semifinal game, Ohio State losing on the second that it struck midnight in the Eastern time zone. They lost the game. That was so funny to me. And I just think that was one of the best games all year. And what an entertaining game that was throughout. And, you know, it felt like two of the best teams in the college football going at it. And a good win for Georgia, but an entertaining game, no matter what. CJ Stroud was playing amazing. Stetson Bennett was playing really well. Not much defense, but it's college football. Who cares about defense? Yeah. Facts. All right. My number two pick. Now, I feel like this one would have been more valued if not for some guy named Spencer Rattler. Uh, He kind of did damper Mm -hmm. the season quite a little bit for a couple of teams. Yep. So... But I mean, like this is like you know this is going back way. This is October. This is this is different. So, thinking about it, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Tennessee game when they were number six over the Alabama Crimson Tide, knocking them off in Tennessee, 52 to 49. Goalpost gets taken to the river. Goalpost to the river. Field is just swarming. How do you not love college football? Hendon Hooker, five touchdowns, one interception. Hyatt, who we like, and we made the point that he was did not deserve to be a wide receiver award winner or deserve to be in contention because mm-hmm. this is the one game that he had. This was his one game, but he did have the one game. Six receptions, five touchdowns. Gibbs for Alabama, hundred and three yards, three touchdowns. Bryce Young just doing Bryce Young things with four hundred fifty-five yards passing. Ladies and gentlemen, it was are you not entertaining? It was almost nine hundred yards of passing in that game. Which is insane. That was, and you know what it took though, and it took Alabama storming back in the second half. Yeah, and it took Tennessee just trusting themselves to drive and get it done. So for me, obviously Tennessee had a little bit of a drop off, but that was such an incredible game. Definitely, I agree. I, I think that is. I think those two are like, those two are just so much different from the rest that I think those were just by far the two best games of the year in my oh, opinion. That, like, if you didn't take that, I was taking it. So I'm glad. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna go for. I think that I'm, I'm between a few, but I really liked that Utah USC game oh, at the God. start of the year. I was gonna, th- I was thinking about it too. Yeah, <laughs> not start of the year, near the middle of the year. The first matchup between Utah and USC when USC looked like they were primed to be a top four team in the nation, and Utah came in solid underdogs and just won a like won a crazy game. It was 43-42 was the final score. I home believe. game for Utah too. No, um, yeah, I believe it was. It was. Yeah. yeah, at home for Utah. And, you know, Cam Rising, 400 yards of passing, no rushing in that game. That was the Dalton Kincaid game. I don't know if you remember that, where he had 16 receptions for yeah. 230 yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah. Crazy game from him. And it was a game that USC was leading at half, and Utah made a fourth quarter comeback to win it all. Not much, not many games can, can be better than that. And I think, you know, it was also just kind of funny to see USC lose, I'll say. It, it was. And it, I think that's uh, the thing to notice. Rising's coming back. Yep, he is. Rising is coming back for another year, so. Utah-USC, round three. Round three. That Pac-12, I was talking to this my friend, is going to be so fun next year because Penix is coming back, Bo Nix is coming back. There's four great teams, and then, you know, USC is on the rise again. I don't think Oregon State's going to be. I mean, USC has the best quarterback in the nation next year, under center. Oh, I meant you say UCLA. My bad. UCLA, there you go. My bad. You Um, go on, so I don't sound stupid anymore. All good, all good. Now, I'm going to say it. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. Just because of what we experienced and what we felt that day, the emotions, the temperature, mm-hmm. the fourth quarter, oh. the third quarter, yep. the second quarter, mm-hmm. the I first knew. ten throws of the Texas quarterback. I knew he was going to say it. I'm going to have to go with the four. It was the best game that I experienced this entire year. It was pretty legendary. I'm going Texas-Alabama 20-19. to yep. College game day. Fox screwed us and gave us an 11 a.m. Yep, kickoff. that was awful. That was the worst thing we've ever done in our entire yep, life. I was there at 4 a.m. I was up for 46 hours straight. Uh-huh. That was the most incredible atmosphere I've ever experienced in my entire life in college football. Because, you know, TCU came to us in a late game. And you think, that would be better because you're trying to knock off a college football playoff team. When TCU was in that stadium, I felt 
it felt different. It felt dark in that stadium. You felt like a storm was brewing. You were just waiting for the knockout punch to hit Texas, and it eventually did. But Texas Bama, man, if if Bryce Young hadn't just slipped under Ryan Watts' tackle – Oh. And late in that fourth so quarter, so many what ifs. Just the, the the you know the face mask calls, the the safety, the safety. Calls. Yeah, there's so many things, so many different things that could have gone down in that game, but that was just and you know I think that kind of proved us that Sark had potential, and this season he had all his ups and downs. But for me, I think that was the game that solidified that. I think, you know, I think Texas as much as people don't like it, they are a team that is back up on the rise. Yeah, so they are. for me. I'm going Texas Bama. We, you know, we had to add some Texas games. This. And Texas had some great games this year. It's, it's not, not a question. You can argue they're always an entertaining team. Listen, if you're going to go for some bias, I'm going to go for some bias. You know what game was the most entertaining for me this year? Michigan beating Ohio State in the shoe, no, 45-23. to That's some good bias to have. Yeah, I mean, that game, let's be honest, even if you're an Ohio State fan here, was quite entertaining to watch. Because J.J. McCarthy had never played a game like that in his life. The running game was crazy good. McCarthy was making every throw he could. And it was just, you know, Michigan winning at home when people, despite last year, were saying, oh, they can't do it in Ohio. They did it. They won. Crazy game. Fun game for me. Uh, probably the biggest blowout game that's going to be on here, uh, maybe. Uh, you know, winning by 22 points. But in my opinion, one of the best games of the year. I loved it. I don't think a lot of Ohio State fans loved it. But my parents did, which was great. JC, what's your next pick? My next one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to say it. Cause just because it, it was so impressive. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to I go the TCU-Michigan Fiesta yep. Bowl. That was, I mean, that third quarter was insane. That third quarter was, what, what was it? It was like the second half, not that I sports bet, but the second half over under was like 28. And there was like 40 points scored in that third quarter. Yeah. That was an The third inc- quarter had a combined uh, 44 points. 40, that was ridiculous. That was one of the like most just emotion. Because for those who don't know, I don't know if I said it on I think I did say it last week. No, podcast. they told me. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was at that game. That was the most up and down my emotions have ever been at a football game in one quarter. In, in, a, in a non-fourth quarter game ever. I, I've never felt the most. You know, Michigan ended up coming on top of that quarter. And they didn't, they didn't end up leading that quarter. But, you know. They made it closer, but that was just so much going on there. That was crazy for that me. Was, that was a dope game. Yeah, six touchdowns, a field goal in that third quarter. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah, for me, it, it, it's that game because that was like, that was the game that I thought the hypnotoad was real. That was the game that I was like, man, I question Jim Harbaugh still. No offense. Oh, uh, yeah, the play call was yeah. a problem. I, I mean, I still question him, but it was just, it was such an impressive game. And it was like, it just, it's, College football is the biggest what if in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, if they'd had Blake Corum, who knows what would have happened. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to go with that game. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, I think we're going to. I think I'm going to move a little bit away from my teams, and I'm between two, and I have them written down. I'm going to go with TCU beating Baylor, 29 to 28, at Baylor. That was my pick. Yeah, because, that was my pick. You know, I, the problem with it is that I didn't watch that full game. I really only saw the last. 10, 5 to 10 minutes of that it. That was all you but needed. All you needed was that rush field goal. Sonny Dykes almost... 12 lost. seconds, baby. Yeah, Sonny Dykes almost made one of the worst play calls of the year. It ended up working out. Rushed the kicker on. Nailed the field goal. They're in the Big 12 championship game. And, you know, they're eventually a top two team in the nation. You know, we're not going to talk about what happened. I don't think we're going to pick the cha- championship game as one of our games. But No, terrible I, game. Terrible I, ha- game. I, ha- I had to pick it. That game was awesome. What's your next pick? My next one, uh, I know I should go with the obvious, but... If we're being really frank, I barely watched this game. I didn't pay that much attention. It really was not important to me. I think we had lost that day, so I was just like not feeling it. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency, for those of you who do not know, that the second Texas loses, I do shut down for about the next six hours. Yep, he does. Yeah, I just I, I don't want to talk to anybody. Um, so I just felt no reason to watch the game that day. Um, so I'm going to go with another bowl game. That was pretty cool, and I watched it when I was getting my teeth clean. I'm going to go with the two-lane USC game <laughs> where it took – Caleb Williams just carrying the team again on his back mm-hmm. for what felt like, I don't know, the fifth time that season. And Tulane. Who would have thought? Tulane with one of the most improbable seasons. And it's been, it's been heavily overlooked. But you can't talk enough about the season they just had and what they did. Like, I mean, let's just talk about – I'm going to talk about that fourth quarter, more specifically, I guess, like the second half. But in that second half, I mean, Tulane – 7-0 uh, USC. 
Tulane then goes 14, 16, 16. Just putting it on. No fear. Stood up to Kayla Williams in a stadium that was, you know, it's like one of the biggest stadiums in the NFL. Yep. They're in Cowboy Stadium. And Tulane's fan base, the green wave was the real. Green wave. 12 and they 2. Were, they were wild at that game. 12 and 2. USC. You got to love it. Mm-hmm. And because if there's one team that I hate more than Oklahoma and A&M, it's Lincoln Riley and it's Caleb <laughs> Williams and it's USC. So the only thing I like about them is that they left Oklahoma. That's, and what you that's, can say. that's all you can I mean, say yeah, about them. Yeah. Tulane, uh, rest of five school, outscoring the best quarterback in the country. You can argue the best player in the country. By 15 points in the second half, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Barely, in my opinion. Tulane, yeah. Finishing the year as a top 10 team, only two losses on the year. Crazy great year for them. I mean, turning around a program that's never been a thing in our parents' lifetimes, really. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm down to two picks, but I'm going to go with the one that's a little closer to heart. It was not a good game. Let's make that really clear. It was, it was not a good That game. was the greatest game ever. But it was the greatest game about. ever. Texas, Oklahoma, the Cotton Bowl, 49 Zero. The Cotton Bowl Classic. Cotton Bowl Classic. Red River Rivalry. Just everything you could have wanted as a Texas fan. Let's make it very clear. Not a close game. Not entertaining for the average viewer. Don't care. We I cried. There. Was so happy. I cried. One of the happiest days of my life. Oh, absolutely. That was, yeah. And then I had like Denny's. That was pretty cool. You had Denny's? Oh, I had a turkey leg. A big turkey leg. That was oh, great. Actually, I had, a, I had a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich with bacon bits. Oh, that sounds very good. I got I to get that next year. Got some pretty good heartburn going from that <laughs> one. Yeah, no. Nothing will top that one. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. Not personally, at least. I like that we have bias on this show. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things that we do. Yep. Uh, I guess I'd take this last pick. I don't really care about this game at all. Not going to lie to you guys. But it was pretty impressive. And I guess it did solidify that Brian Kelly's building this team the right way. Kelly, he knows what's up. You know, LSU, they took it to Purdue pretty hard uh, in that bowl game. They just let it all hang out. So I'll go LSU beating Alabama 32-31, effectively eliminating Alabama from the college football playoff contention and from the SEC championship. What a game. What a performance Jaylen by Daniels. that LSU team. Legendary performance from him on that game. Kayshawn Booty, seven receptions for 51 yards. What happened to that guy? Who knows? He's – okay, we he can't is, fully talk about we it. We can't, but that is always going to be like – this is going to be one of the most interesting like draft profiles of all time. Yeah, well, Booty, for those who don't – for those who follow, you know, pre, like, pre-class like pre rankings from the like, years before, he was the guy who was, you know, top two, top three wide receiver coming into this year for the draft, and then he had a bad year – Looked like he was coming back, and then when uh, Jalen Daniels announced that he was coming back, Booty suddenly is going to the NFL draft, still going to be a top five wide receiver taken. And then we hear some other news that we can't really say on air. No, but um, look it up. But you should definitely look up Kayshawn Booty and the news that's happened to him recently because he's and, a fun little case. And we can just make note that Booty has still yet to talk to the media since he decided to clear yeah. for the draft. It's great. His, his combine will be one of the funniest areas of time. I cannot wait for 10 years from now when this is a conspiracy when people are like, did Brian Kelly make Booty enter the NFL draft? <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for he that. He got him. He took him off the team. <laughs> yeah. Especially if LSU wins something next year. Wouldn't that be crazy? I don't think that would be the case. No, it yeah. won't be the case. Daniel's apparently coming back, so there you go. Yeah. This yeah. game was definitely the lesser of the Alabama games, but when Alabama loses, the country wins. So Amen to that, brother. And, and also a two-point conversion So to end the game. That was pretty crazy. There were some other games that probably got snubbed. I wanted to add, I, deep down I wanted to add the Appalachian State versus Texas A&M game. Yeah, I did but too. I really wanted to say it, but I, you know, it's, that would be a little too biased of us, I think. I'm not going to lie, I was thinking it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was in my, it was in my head. But. Hey, if you know there's one thing I hate in my heart more than anything, it's Texas A&M. You know, we, we let our biases show on this show. Just a little bit, just a little bit. And it, honestly, like, Evan's the one that's good at controlling it. I'm not. I think I, I, I think <laughs> up Michigan more than Texas, honestly, which is yeah. kind of funny. But, but that's okay. Yeah. We're allowed to do it because you know what? We don't get paid to do this. So True. <laughs> With that being... What a st- stupid way to end our episode. It's just true. It always happens. Last two minutes of our episodes, we go into the stupidest topics. It's true. And I think we're distracted because, guys, we are back and we are better than ever. It is not Tuesday night. It is a Wednesday night. But we have Cabo Bob sitting on my counter oh, you right now. You two, guys heard about us talking about Cabo Bob. Two fish episode. burritos waiting for oh. us. It's about to go down, y'all. If you're in Austin, Texas, and you're not getting a fish burrito from Cabo Bob's, what are you doing? What are you doing? With that being said, I'm going to go grab me a Diet Coke. I'm stepping out. Guys, thank you for listening. This is my exit from the show for today. Once again, thank you for your support. Sorry with all the like 
feed and all the issues this week, but don't worry, y'all. We are back. We're rocking and rolling, and we are so happy that you are joining us for 2023. Yeah, I, I don't really think I can top that that close. I'm just going to say thank you guys for listening. It's going to be a great year, and I cannot wait to eat this burrito. <laughs>